0: Remembered, and these living branches of the baldwin apple-tree thrusting themselves so rudely in are like your unwarrantable interpolations but by the by, have you added any more legends to the series since the publication of the wonder-book many more said eustace primrose periwinkle and the rest of them allow me no comfort of my life unless i tell them a story every day or two i have run away from home partly to escape the importunity of those little wretches but i have written out six of the new stories and have brought them for you to look over are they as good as the first i inquired better chosen and better handled replied eustace bright you will say so when you read them possibly not i remarked i know from my own experience that an author's last work is always his best one in his own estimate until it quite loses the red heat of composition after that it falls into its true place quietly enough but let us adjourn to my study, and examine these new stories. It would hardly be doing yourself justice were you to bring me acquainted with them sitting here on this snow-bank. So we descended the hill to my small old cottage, and shut ourselves up in the southeastern room, where the sunshine comes in warmly and brightly through the better half of a winter's day. Eustace put his bundle of manuscript into my hands, and I skimmed through it pretty rapidly, trying to find out its merits and demerits by the touch of my fingers as a veteran storyteller ought to know how to do it will be remembered that mr bright condescended to avail himself of my literary experience by constituting me editor of the wonder book as he had no reason to complain of the reception of that erudite work by the public he was now disposed to retain me in a similar position with respect to the present volume which he entitled Tanglewood Tales. Not, as Eustace hinted, that there was any real necessity for my services as introductor, inasmuch as his own name had become established, in some good degree of favor with the literary world. But the connection with myself, he was kind enough to say, had been highly agreeable, nor was he by any means desirous, as most people are, of kicking away the ladder that had perhaps helped him to reach his present elevation. My young friend was willing, in short, that the fresh verdure of his growing reputation should spread over my straggling and half-naked boughs, even as I have sometimes thought of training a vine, with its broad leafiness and purple fruitage, over the worm-eaten posts and rafters of the rustic summer-house. I was not insensible to the advantages of his proposal, and gladly assured him of my acceptance. "'Merely from the titles of the stories, I saw at once that the subjects were not less rich than those of the former volume, nor did I at all doubt that Mr. Bright's audacity, so far as that endowment might avail, had enabled him to take full advantage of whatever capabilities they offered. Yet in spite of my experience of his free way of handling them,' I did not quite see, I confess, how he could have obviated all the difficulties in the way of rendering them presentable to children, these old legends so brimming over with everything that is most abhorrent to our Christianized moral sense, some of them so hideous, others so melancholy and miserable, amid which the Greek tragedians sought their themes, and molded them into the sternest forms of grief that ever the world saw was such material the stuff that children's playthings should be made of? How were they to be purified? How was the blessed sunshine to be thrown into them? But Eustace told me that these myths were the most singular things in the world, and that he was invariably astonished, whenever he began to relate one, by the readiness with which it adapted itself to the childish purity of his auditors. The objectionable characteristics seemed to be a parasitical growth having no essential connection with the original fable. They fall away and are thought of no more the instant he puts his imagination in sympathy with the innocent little circle whose wide open eyes are fixed so eagerly upon him. Thus the stories, not by any strained effort of the narrators, but in harmony with their inherent germ, transform themselves and reassume the shapes which they might be supposed to possess in the pure childhood of the world, when the first poet or romancer told these marvellous legends such as eustace bright's opinion it was still the golden age evil had never yet existed and sorrow misfortune